Welcome back to Establish the Collection, episode 43. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, it's Thursday. It is, it's draft day, truly one of my favorite days on the sports calendar. We're recording a little bit later than usual because we're trying to kill two birds with one stone, if you will, one episode in two weeks. You've got some exciting stuff coming up, buddy. Tell us, tell us, tell the people what's going on next week for you. Yeah, well, good afternoon to you, sir. Uh, yes, I remember, sir. you know, about a year ago at this time, we t- we we discovered that we both love this day uh, very, very much. So I have a bunch of friends coming over tonight for the draft. Really excited for that. Uh, but yeah, big week coming up for me. Um, shout out to my brother-in-law. I probably mentioned on this podcast before he's getting married in a couple months. So throwing him his bachelor party next week uh, outside the Miami, Florida area where, oh, it just happens to be that the Miami Grand Prix is taking place. So we are uh, going to be heading to the race, the, the F1 first U.S. race of the year, uh, first Miami U.S. race ever. And uh, very excited to to be in Miami from uh, Thursday through Monday of next week and uh, check out all the ongoings around Formula One. And I'll report back uh, on the the following episodes with all, all the goodies on, on the ground and obviously we'll have a, a winning formula segment uh both tying into what happened at the race but also my experience at it so yeah really excited for next week but uh really excited for the draft just excited for the nba playoffs it's a lot of fun a lot of fun fun time right now going on for yeah. sure yeah i have to imagine this is your this is your first ever f1 race right oh, yeah without a I mean, doubt without yeah for first of hopefully many um but- but yeah, I mean, you know, next year they're doing three U.S. races. They just yep. announced Vegas for next year. They're literally driving on the strip yes. for a race next year. I, so I saw that course. That's going to be it's insane. Gonna be absolutely insane. I can't, they're shutting down Las Vegas for Formula One. I mean, it's, you know, it's like one of the few things in the world that can shut down Las Vegas. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it just keeps keeps growing in the states. It really does. Yeah. It's, it's it's remarkable. I, um, I, r- r- murmurs right now. Not to get into a whole Formula One, uh, you know, segment, but murmurs that uh, American drivers will be on their way soon to the sport. Um, oh wow! R- rumblings that Danny Ricardo's contracts up with McLaren in twenty twenty four that they may be interested in one of these young American drivers. Uh, they have a lot of ties to the U.S. market as is. They have a lot of U.S. sponsors, but also their CEO Zach Brown is American. So um, a lot of American ties to them. So some rumors that. Uh, Lando's next teammate might be a uh, hotshot American young driver. So we'll see, but it keeps growing here and it's, it's, it's very exciting. Very excited. Very excited to get a, a boots on the ground winning, yeah. winning formula segment next week or two weeks Absolutely. from now, I guess, as it, as it turns out, it, it is draft day. As I mentioned, it, one of my favorite days on the sports calendar, and it was kind of the catalyst behind an episode you alluded to episode three of established a collection. We realized that we love this day. Both of us very much love this day. And it was one of my favorite episodes. I think that we've recorded yeah. of this show where we kind of discussed NFL hobby, biggest winners and losers, not just from the draft, but also from kind of everything that happened uh, throughout the entirety of the offseason. We'll be back with a 2022 edition of that episode. There was so much that happened in not not only what's going to happen in this draft, but throughout the entire offseason that changed the entire landscape of the NFL. The, the AFC West is now the most loaded division in football ever. Maybe it's just it's just crazy how much talent is there. We're going to kind of discuss everything that happened throughout the offseason and how to prepare ourselves. Uh, getting getting leading up to kickoff here come September. But first, Gary, I mean, NBA playoffs, these are your streets, buddy. The, the time is yours. The spotlight is on you and the NBA team. It's been incredible. No LeBron, now no KD, but there's been no shortage of star power in the NBA playoffs. And it's been fun when I've been able to catch games. Enjoyed a lot, especially what's going on in the Western Conference. Let's let's start things off in the East because pretty much everything there is set outside of the series with with Toronto and Philly that should hopefully wrap up wrap up soon. I don't know. Uh, there's a name that stands out <laughs> from Boston that's catching some steam. We talked about him a few weeks ago as like maybe taking taking this next step towards you know legitimate superstardom. Jason Tatum. How how do you see things shaking out for this Boston team after they bounce the Nets? 
yeah, I mean, one of the most surprising sweeps in in years uh, yeah. was the Nets. And, and, you know, listen, every game was close, but a sweep is a sweep. And, you know, they, the Nets looked outmatched. There's no doubt about it. The Celtics team has a historically great defense at this point, um, you know, right up there with uh, some of the all-time great defenses. You know, you look back at uh, the 4 Pistons, teams like that. I mean, this team's putting up numbers in in that realm. Uh, so really, really crazy stuff coming out of Boston. And, you know, Tatum was someone that I identified as, as kind of being a little bit undervalued throughout the season. Like he's truly one of the top 10 young talents in the sport. He's, he's flashed truly elite scoring ability and, and, and just truly elite overall play. And what he's really done now over the last two months is become an elite player on both sides of the floor. And now that is, uh, you know, manifesting itself in playoff sweeps against truly great teams. It's manifesting itself in the Celtics being basically bunched up as one of the three title favorites right alongside the Warriors and the Suns right now and you know they're about to go play a Milwaukee team that is going to be without Chris Middleton for the entire second round so there's lots of reasons to think that the Celtics team will be you know making its way to the Eastern Conference Finals so you know Tatum is probably the hottest card in basketball right now uh, both base and silver looking at here uh, if you just look at the last two weeks his silver PSA 10 up 30 percent his base up 31.3 percent um, you know that card is now almost back up to being a $300 card after what go, dipping, you know, as low as two twenty um, within the last month. So yeah. you know, you like to see that for the base, especially on a card with almost a six thousand pop. And the silver, yeah, glad to see that card almost back up to two thousand dollars. Like, I mean, to me, these silver cards of these truly great players should should be uh, in that mid K range when it's under a thousand pop. This is a seven fifty five pop. Uh, card ladder values it at nineteen hundred dollars right now, just steadily having climbed over the last three months. I mean. You know, middle of the season, end of January, this was, you could have snagged this card for under $1,000. Now, uh, I don't think you can get it for close to under $1,800. So, you know, nice to see that his market's up. And I would expect it to keep growing here, uh, as I, I really do expect the Celtics to continue this run and have as good of a chance as any at a title. And I was pretty skeptical. I really was. You know, um, I know 538 had them rated about two months ago as the team that with the most likely chance to win a title because of the crazy defensive metrics that they were putting on. And I think we all laughed it off. And now at this point, we're like, wow, yeah. they, you know, the numbers were really onto something. They are uh, that good. So, yeah. It's interesting to look at the trajectory of this silver card for Tatum. You mentioned pop count of 755 current uh, value on card ladder, right around 1900 cresting kind of that $2,000 mark. Go back to November, you know, towards, towards the beginning of this, this whole NBA season, $1,900 card at that point as well, yeah. dipped all the way down to, you know, under a thousand, nine hundred dollars eight hundred dollars in that range. And then we've seen this steady climb as the Celtics have legitimized themselves following the all-star break. And just this, this climb has just continued through the playoffs. And as you mentioned now with, with the second round matchup against uh, a Chris Middleton, less bucks team, looks like this is a pretty good card. As of now, if people were holding on to any Tatum, is this a, a buy sell hold for you? What are we, what are we doing with Tatum at this point? Yeah, I mean, to me right now, they are the odds-on favorites to come out of the East. Obviously, it's still a little bit of a gauntlet. Um, you have Milwaukee and then either Philadelphia or Miami, maybe Toronto, um, probably either Philadelphia or Miami. Um, so, you know, it's not an easy road to get there. But I do think that they are the favorite. And, you know, him getting to the finals, I think you will see this card eclipse $2,000 easy. So, you know, if you are like me and believe in the Celtics team and are betting them to beat the Bucks in, you know, uh, minus one and a half games, um, <laughs> I think that you can – um, I think you I think you can hold for a little longer. I really do. Now, you know, you're they're going to face the uh, defending champions. Um, 
and you know that team has Giannis Antetokounmpo, who who I think we can't rule out. But no, Chris Middleton is a huge, huge deal for this series. So yeah, I mean, I'm okay holding for a little bit longer here, uh, and you know, definitely. I mean, you have some real opportunity to uh, to capitalize over the next two months, uh, you know. And if you wanted to kind of sell off, if you're a, if you're a believer in the Bucks and you want to take advantage of the fact that this is now back up to its peaks from from early, you know, at the beginning of the season, I have no problem with that either. Um, what I wouldn't be doing is really buying in right now. I mean, you could, and yeah. you know, if you're that much of a believer in the Celtics making a run, you could do a quick flip. But uh, I think at this point, he's a safe hold long term. If you want that, or if you want to take advantage over the next two months, I think you have. Uh, the option to do that. I think lower end stuff. I if you say you have a ton of Tatum, like I probably do, um, I would just like continuously be selling. It's kind of like what I like to do in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like take your profits as the, as he keeps going along, as he keeps taking the sleep. Um, and you know if you're able to do that, if you have the cards to do that, you know can sell a couple per week over the until you know they're in the finals. Uh, and I think that's a strategy you can take as well. All right. What about the guy on the other side? Obviously, they bounced the Nets. Kevin Durant's kind of the big name on the other side. Different stratosphere from a lot of the guys that we're going to be talking about because the value on his stuff is just so different and obviously comes from a different time in that 2007 tops set his 2007 tops chrome base in a psa 10 has a pop still just shy just over a thousand uh last sold for right around two thousand dollars 2150 what are we doing if you know we're looking at kevin durant what about the the long-term value does, does this series do anything for him does getting bounced in the first round against this the celtics team have any long-term impact on his legacy at all or his card market I don't think legacy, um, but I do think that just this entire shit show of a net season is taking a hit on his card <laughs> market for sure. I mean, if yeah. you look, uh, you look last six months at the base, you know, 2007 uh, tops Chrome as the horns straight outside decline. do not do not like it either. Um, yeah, straight decline, right? I mean, this was a five thousand dollar card, uh, something that I, I identified, you know, when it had dipped to like thirty five hundred as a, as a buy for me, and it just kept going, um, you yeah. know, which is really crazy. Because uh, it's not like the pop's that high. It's only a thousand. You know, it's not like we're talking what we just talked about the Jason Tatum base for five thousand. This is a thousand card pop, and I mean it's dipped fifty five percent over the last six months. I mean you can get this for close to the two thousand dollar range now, um, which is just completely bonkers to me for what a lot of people will consider a top ten player of all time. Obviously, this series was a complete disappointment. Um, probably his worst performance in a while. Uh, you know, this Nets season, this, uh, everything with Kyrie, with Harden, with everything was just a complete mess. He's got a lot to prove next year, but legacy wise, he really doesn't. I mean, you know, that's pretty secure. I think he would like to win a title on his own, you know, without, outside of the shadow of Steph and, and them, but uh, I don't think it really matters for his place in, in basketball history. So to me, long term, um, he's still the guy I'm most interested, maybe Steph, but after LeBron, you know, I think it's, it's Steph and Durant that I'm most interested in as far as safety for long-term investment. So to me, if you, if it's, if this is your range that you're interested in swimming in like two, $2,000 ish as, as off-season buys, like he'll be as good as, as any to me. All right. Keeping it in the East here, the Miami heat take care of the Atlanta Hawks in five games look pretty, pretty good as the one seed in the East there as well. Could, should, should uh, contend with those other teams that are expecting to come out of the East here. Um, the big name here from a hobby perspective is on the losing side though, in my opinion, and that's Trey young, mm -hmm. any takeaways from Trey young's five game series against the heat. Yeah. So apparently he was playing a little bit hurt um, and definitely didn't look a hundred percent, but you know, Miami is, is if, if Boston has the number one D in the league, Miami's right up there for in, in two or three. So they did a fantastic job basically taking Trey out of the series, trapping him up top. They had to end up taking him off ball in games three and four, basically just trying to loosen him away from double teams. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 such an interesting spot because he is right at that that the 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 peak of that ultra modern 
uh, or, or the tip of the ultra modern tier of that Luca and Trey class where these pops are kind of through the roof. So, you know, on his base, you see a pop of almost 12,000 steadily declined also over the six last six months. Uh, you know, you can get, you could, you can get into the Trey young PSA 10 market for 115 bucks or so now. So, you know, that's, that's something that's interesting to me. I mean, I stand by my investment thesis that I'm not so interested in base ultra modern with super high pop. So it's not, not something necessarily that I'd be looking to get into. He's a rough spot. Like I think he needs the foundation that Steph Curry. I, I never liked the Steph Trey comparison. I just think that Steph is a, is a much better, more dynamic player. Although Trey is a special talent. Don't get me wrong, but I do think he needs that foundation of a warriors type of system and a warriors type of team to ever truly get out of, over the top. Like, I don't think he could be the lead guy, um, you know, chucking up 30 shots a game, uh, you know, with, you know, we saw them make a little bit of a run last year. They took advantage of a weaker East, all that. I don't think that, you know, that's happening with how the East is positioned now for the next couple of years. So I think there needs to be, you know, some sort of shakeup in Atlanta there for him to have some sort of real on-court success. And I don't know if that's coming. I mean, they're going to try to do, you know, some sort of three-for-one trade, I think, in this offseason because kind of, they have such a deep roster where yeah. they're playing guys like 18 minutes that should be getting 30 minutes somewhere. So um, they did that by getting rid of Cam Reddish midseason. I think that we'll see a shakeup on that roster. But I still don't think if it's enough to get over the hump. Now, you know, his, some of the rarer stuff, I think you'll see continue to take some some dives in the offseason. I mean, his silver also down 50%. Uh, you can get in that. And we talked about this last week that the, the Jordan Poole silvers and the Trey Young silvers are, are within like 70, 80 bucks of each other. Yeah. I mean, that's still <laughs> kind of crazy to me. So uh, I'm a huge Jordan Poole believer. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you wanted to dive into the Trey Young market, if that dipped into the $500 range, I think that's safe. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on that for offseason buys. But, you know, I'm a little scared of the ultra modern stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm actually curious because we've talked about it a lot in the past, but if you could just reiterate kind of your thesis on offseason buyings, what do you expect to happen for these guys that are just now getting bounced from the playoffs like Trey, um, but also guys that have been, you know, eliminated for a while um, thinking, you know, like Shea and, and some of these guys that didn't even make the playoffs that were interested in long-term potentially. Uh, but when is the right time to like look into buying these guys? Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's when football rolls back around, especially from an American consumerism uh, standpoint. So like when August and, and early September, um, you know, you, you want to wait for, you know, like you have six weeks out kind of from the regular mm -hmm. NBA season. So it's not really top of mind yet, but football is. And I think that's the time you'll, you'll really be able to catch some lulls, um, you know, in these, in these markets. So that's the best time for me, but I, I think it, it's worthy to keep an eye on all of these guys from the second they're, they're bounced through the summer, uh, because you, you could just catch auctions at, you know, random times that you might be able to grab something for significantly less. But what you will see probably, um, especially for guys like Trey and, and Durant, who have just been like taking these consistent dives anyway, is that I, I do expect it to kind of level out in in the offseason. So like if we call this Trey Young silver card a $699 card right now, does it have more room to to go down in the offseason? Yeah, but I don't expect it to dive so far because it's already done the diving with kind of how uh, the season's gone and kind of just the general card, NBA card market in general. So, you know, I, I would give it a little bit of a sample size of a month, see where that settles in at. And then I think you're probably at a good position where it's not going to kind of move too much. And we saw this last year in the NBA offseason also. Uh, things settled in, you know, midsummer, and we didn't see that much movement on things between, you know, July and when the start of the season picked back up. But I still think that is probably the time you'd want to do your buying. Uh, August ish, when football is top of people's mind, baseball is the only thing really going on. So people are kind of moving in those waters, and basketball is kind of back of mind. All right, friend of the show, ETR subscriber, prize picks extraordinaire, Winky. His bulls fall to the hands of the Chris Middleton, less bucks in five games. Feel bad for Winky. Uh, shout out to him. Hopefully he's feeling a little bit better. Yes, um, indeed. But 
what do we take away from this series on the Bulls side? Is there anything that interests you from a hobby perspective in Chicago? Yeah, it's a tough one. Like they, you know, completely overachieved. They they really ended up being like the Knicks of last year, um, where they got off to a super. It's just the opposite. Where like they got off to a super hot start and came down. The Knicks got off to a mediocre start and then got off to a hot start and then came down in the playoffs. Um, we had the you could read the tea leaves for for a good six to eight weeks on the Bulls that this team wasn't doing anything in the playoffs. You know, they lost Alonzo Ball for the season, which hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, none of these guys excite me from a hobby perspective. Nikola Vucevic has never had any hobby love, uh, despite the fact that he's been like a top 35, 40 guy in the league for, for eight, nine years. Um, DeMar DeRozan, similar. Like, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And like, I probably guess he's a little undervalued, but he's just one of those names that doesn't pop in the hobby. And, and at this, if he hasn't at this point, he's never going to, right? So, right. and I mean, and, and I should, I should say, I mean, we spoke about him midseason and he did for a little bit. When he, when he was in that MVP conversation, um, you know, he, he, he totally, totally, bounced up. Yeah, that was and, that was peak Demar, right? That's the best. I mean, that's that's what we're gonna get. Yeah, the you're, best not, we're you're, get you're never gonna get anything against again like that. Right. Um. So you know, we saw it in his, uh, you know, in his market, and he's in that 20, 2009 class, like Steph Curry, that is super low pop on everything. It was like that weird transition time for tops. Like it's like those pictures of them with just their headshots and no logos. <laughs> you know, it's it was a really weird time. People, you know, it's still sought after. Um. But, you know, we saw record sales for the little stuff there was on that in, you know, midseason. We're never going to get anything like that again. So um, if you're if you're if you believe in his ability to repeat that performance from this year and get back in that MVP conversation last year, I guess that's something you could be interested in. But I'm not really touching that. And then I guess Zach Levine would be the guy that is the most interesting still, you know, still very young. I think still has room to grow. Um, but, you know, he took a real backseat to DeMar this year. I, I don't know where he necessarily fits as far as like an alpha status on this team. Curious to see, you know, where his career goes from here. I don't think he's ever going to be the best player on the championship team. I do think he can be the second best player. Um, but, you know, he's become a really good player, super efficient, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, where maybe previously, before pre-DeMar, he was somebody that kind of would have a little bit of hype just based off the fact that he, he can be this 30-point-per-game kind of flashy athletic scorer. Now... He's like second fiddle on kind of a team, you know, a team basketball team, yeah. team if you will, you know. So it's like, I, I don't know if there's too much Zach Levine uh, that I'm interested in. The pops are really low, though. So like, if you look at a silver 2014 prism, it's only a pop of like 46, and it's only valued at like 870 dollars right now. Um, you know, that was up to uh, almost 2,300 dollars in November. So like, if you could snag any of those in the off season, I mean, again, it's one of those like when we talked about Stefan Diggs last off season, like it's super low pop, but if you could snag anything for under a thousand, I think like you probably have room some point next season to double your money on that kind of thing, or at least, you know, right. 1.5 X your money on cards like that. So he'd be the most interesting one. And then Lonzo ball too. I mean, um, somebody that we had been speaking about forever, obviously he was the number two overall pick uh, a couple of years ago, but at this point, you know, again, same thing, kind of a role player on a team has had, has had issues staying healthy. So like, I just can't recommend investing in any of these guys this off season. On any of these young guys, like Patrick Williams, Kobe White, uh, AO, do, do, do any of these young guys do anything for you? Like, is Patrick is Patrick Williams going to be a guy that gets any hobby love, or is he just going to so. be kind of one of these? Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just the, the role that he's asked to play, yeah, right? It's like, just not going to lend itself to exactly. He's going to be like a defense first, um, yeah, you know, role player. And like, I think you know there could be some value there. Kobe White's a more interesting name because he was so so hot out of the yep. 2019 class, which everyone just had so much hype in general around Zion and Ja. But I mean, there were times where he was selling better than RJ and that was crazy to me at the time. And I think that's materialized where he's kind of settled in as more of a sixth, seventh man off the bench. I mean, his stuff is just completely plummeted uh, over the last year. I mean, his silvers were going for, uh, you know, $300 probably two years ago. Um, 
you know, oh man, I mean, the real peak, like like pre pre twenty twenty one. I mean, it was going for, uh, you know, over eleven hundred dollars, a thousand eleven hundred dollars. Now that settled in at seventy three dollars for a silver. Uh, so I mean, if you're a believer in Kobe White's talent, he shows he can score off the bench. I mean, that's fine. But you know, he's never been my favorite prospect. So yeah, Bulls are a team that I'm just not so interested in investing in from the hobby perspective. Giannis is still up despite being at pretty insane highs already after the championship last year. Giannis' stuff is still up over the last couple of weeks. How do you see this shaking out for the Bucks side? I mean, without Chris Middleton, are they going to run into a buzzsaw here in, in, in Boston that just is going to end up bouncing them if they don't have that that kind of third, second, third fiddle with with Middleton there to support Drew and Giannis? Yeah, Giannis has been incredible. I think, you know, even if they lose here, uh, I think his stuff is kind of settled in with a floor. So, like, even when it goes through its peaks and valleys, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the 2,800 pop, 2013 base, which is valued at $1,800 right now, uh, I think that has a floor of, like, $1,500 throughout the whole offseason. Like, if you really looked, and I kind of said this last year when he won the championship, like, Giannis stuff has now reached a new level. It's never going to completely plummet. Well, it'll go through its its peaks and valleys. Uh, so I think you're completely safe if you want to kind of identify lows on that card of, like, 1300 1400 I'd say anything under 1500 in the offseason, Giannis is a buy. Uh, for sure on that card. So, you know, he's going to be, he's probably going to settle in as a top 15 player of all time, maybe higher. He's, he's as good as they get. There's a big time sale on his silver select. That's got a pop count of just 84 last sold for $9,500 on the 13th, a couple of weeks ago. So looks like there is still some room to grow there for Giannis's market. Oh yeah. Uh, Anyone else on the bucks do anything for you? There's really not too many hobby names on this side, even with like drew, there's not a whole lot of hobby. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about drew in the playoffs last year and Middleton. I mean, at this point with those guys, unless if they make another run, you'll see them bump up a little bit, but they're similar, you know, even less so than DeMar. These aren't sexy hobby names uh, at this point. And like you're you're swimming in you know much lesser waters that you might be able to catch bumps on when these guys make all star teams or these guys uh, make all defense or uh, you know win another championship if they are able to do that. But you're not you're not make you're not moving the needle too much. Um, you know I, I I did I I I do think that these are types of players that you can identify in the off season and buy in bulk if you really are are bullish on them. You know for the following season. Um, you know, like you may have done with Jason Tatum last year, right? If you did something like that, but uh, you know, I, 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 it's just not the type of guys that that are moving the needle from from a hobby perspective. You alluded to Jordan Poole being almost as expensive as Trey Young in that silver PSA ten. Tyrese Maxey is officially more expensive than Jesus. Trey Young based oh, on card ladder value. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, obviously from that 2020 class, his silver PSA 10 pop counts are going to be extremely low because not a lot has made it through PSA yet, but last sold for $715. Hey, so we just cool, mentioned man. that. Cool is too. So yeah, in wow. one in one week, those that jumped up from we recorded last week. Yeah, like $700 to now they're valuing it at $924. So these are bubbles. Like these are little bubbles. Yeah. Like, and the, the, you know, the analysis and okay. remains the same. Hype. Yeah. Hype deserves an auction. You say yeah. it every time that something like this happens where a guy like Tyrese Maxey is more expensive than somebody like Trey Young. You know, yeah. like like that's a, obviously one example, but there's many more out there. Uh, these these playoff series, is, series and Trey getting bounced has had a big impact on the market's uh, in, in terms of Tyrese being more expensive than somebody like Trey. Um, curious, just your general takeaways on what's happening with the 76ers Toronto series. 76ers going to be able to pull it off? Like, is this Tyrese really Maxi bubble going to pop? I, I don't know. I mean, also the Maxi schooled off in the series to, you know, himself as well, by the way, we should say. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, any other team I would that was up 3-1, you know, now 3-2, <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, they're going to get it done. They have game seven at home, all that stuff. 
I don't know what Doc Rivers teams. I just don't know. I mean, we, yeah. history history is an indicator here, right? He's blown these situations many times. The Philly situation is just a complete mess. You know, if if it, if Brooklyn's the biggest mess, Philly's number two. Um, yeah. You know, and with Embiid and, and Simmons and and now Harden in the mix, Harden who has had his struggles obviously in the playoffs. So and has not looked like himself. If we're being quite frank, I mean, you know, his his drives are down. His you know his his that first step is is not what it used to be uh, for James Harden. So, do I? Yeah, I've gone to my head. Do they get out of the series? Yes, but man, would I be surprised if we see Toronto win two in a row here? Uh, not at all. Not at all. So, I don't know what I'm doing with Philly. I'm what I am going to do is I've been putting up some Tyrese Maxi cards, you know, over the last week or so, and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, same with Jordan Poole, but I think the Warriors have a run in them. So, like, my Jordan Poole analysis is the same as Jason Tatum. Like, I think you can space it out here. Um, I think you could take advantage right now because, like, he was taking advantage of Steph's minutes being a little bit down. And now Steph's minutes are back up. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see Poole's stuff, you know, take a little bit of a hit even as the Warriors stay alive. But his stuff's going to remain up. So, both those guys, I don't mind kind of selling off. Maxi, I'd be more prone to sell off quicker uh, as I don't think Philly gets past the next round. I think Miami would beat them. Now, Embiid's also playing hurt. He's got a thumb injury. If everything clears up with that and, and he's okay and Harden finds it again and, and um, you know, the, the Philly doesn't go through the whole headache of going to a game seven and they can just get out of this in six um, and they're able to go give Miami a fight, sure, sure, they have a chance. They certainly have a chance to get out of that series. But I think that, man, if the Embiid injury lingers, if Harden doesn't take that step up again, if they go to seven with Toronto and have a scare and barely get out – I, it's just hard for me to see them then going into Miami and, and winning that series as well. So that side of the bracket's really interesting to watch. Really, really interesting to watch. Um, both sides are. I mean, you know, hopefully Philly will be there just because, you know, at that point, it probably has the four best teams in the East remaining, and, and that's what we should see. But, yeah, I mean, the 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 Embiid, uh, Maxi, Harden of it all, I'd be pretty weary of buying those guys right now. The the other side, there's a, like a few names that just kind of are on the – cusp of like being hobby relevant i think you know you got like the og ananobis and the pascal siakams and scotty barnes hopefully kind of crest that tier uh as more of that product comes out but like the, the, any of these guys really get it going for you yeah uh, from a hobby perspective we talked about pascal being a, a, so, a buy low type of guy Siakam's that's still, a guy that i'm interested in he's still a guy that i completely view as undervalued and like do i yeah. know if do i know if the general hobby will ever catch up to like the nba heads loves of him i i don't but to me he's not just like a big that I'm worried about his long-term success. Like the guy plays point forward. He does a little bit of everything. He's just continuing to get better. He's probably going to make third team all NBA this year. Um, if we, if we think back to two years ago, he was a consensus top 25 in the league, 25 guy in the league. I was buying a lot of his stuff. I have a ton of Siakam. Um, and obviously I'm not selling off right now. Cause I don't, unfortunately um, don't think that the hobby love has matched what, what he's done on court, but I'm holding out at least one more year that it will, because I think he's that good. So, you know, hopefully Toronto could take another step up. And I think this team gets a little more depth. They have runs in them in the future here too. Uh, really like what they're doing as well. So he's definitely the most interesting guy to me. OG is kind of like going to be similar in those DeMar range where like, I think he'll be a really, have a really long career. I don't see the hobby love ever popping for him. Scotty Barnes though, I do. Um, and Scotty Barnes just won rookie of the year, uh, you know, over Evan Mobley, which ended up being a little bit of a surprise to people, I think, but Evan Mobley got hurt towards the end of the year and Scotty Barnes kind of swept, swooped in and, and was fantastic all, all season. And man, like he just came back 
also after missing a couple games in the playoffs and and the impact he's making right back right away is remarkable like true excellent two-way player can play like point guard two three four can guard one through four uh has like scotty pippen type of defensive upside and you know that's not going to move the needle in the hobby but his offensive game is just scratching the surface like he's a guy when the prism stuff comes out and even just some of the limited stuff that's out already uh that i'd be looking for and again, again we've spoken about this but this prism class is going to be be really fun to, to invest in and, and he'd be one of the top guys i'm looking at I had to pull up the Pascal stuff because his silver PSA 10 has an, uh, a pop of just 194 and last sold for under $200. It's such a buy. So just, just kind of curious, man. You know, because like you said, the, the NBA heads know kind of what Pascal is, but but the general hobby hasn't caught up. There are three auctions right now. There's two for uh, silver PSA 10s that end in four and nine days respectively. And then there's one for a, a purple refractor out of 75 PSA 10. Uh, no bids on it, seven days left. Those are ones that I have added to my watch list. We'll be keeping an eye on because I, this is a guy that we've talked about at, at length uh, on various shows about how we're kind of high on his ability, just hoping that the hobby catches up to where he's at maybe next year that that finally happens. So the bubble really impacted him. Um, and, you know, he, he had a really downswing. And, you know, I think people he came right off people's radars right when he was starting to really pique people's interests right the year after Kawhi left and he carried that team mm-hmm. to like a one or two seed, whatever they were. And then he, you know, the bubble, I think, really impacted him and then being in Toronto, then being in Florida for a year really impacted him. Toronto, we have to keep in mind, Toronto was away from home for, for a year and a half. Yep. Um, so the fact that they were settled back in with a normal situation this year and he immediately not only came back back to what he was starting to become, which is how I left, but, you know, ascended it to his best season so far. Um, you know, he was putting up elite, elite, elite numbers and, you know, efficient too. Like, I, I really believe in it. And so I'm, I'm really interested in doing more Siakam buying until next season. Now, I expect him to continue this this surge into next season. And if he does that, makes an all-star team, and the love still isn't there, I'll reconsider my position. But, man, I'm still in on the buying Pascal Siakam train for sure. All right. Over in the Western Conference, there's still a lot up in the air. I think we've, we we think these series have kind of started to take shape and the teams that we think will advance have, have kind of started to uh, assert themselves in their respective series. But just the Warriors have been able to clinch things up and move to the second round. Um, where do you want to start in the West? Who stands out to you most? Yeah, I mean, I guess let's talk those top two teams quickly. I mean, you know, Phoenix sounds like Devin Booker might be coming back uh, for game six, uh, which is tomorrow night. So, um, oh no, that's tonight. So, you know, it's a possibility that, that Devin Booker plays tonight, which I think would, would end this whole thing with the Pelicans and, you know, get them going. And, and I think would, would put the Suns right back on the track to be one of the top two or three teams to win, win the title. So, you know, still interested in kind of holding on the Suns there. I, I want to see what kind of run they can make here. Hoping for Chris Paul's sake. So let's talk about him. Cause I mean, if, if they are able to get over that hump, we spoke about him last year when they did, when he finally got to the finals, if he is able to finally ever win that ring, he will also see a, um, you know, true rise in his floor, similar to Giannis. Obviously not with the same ceiling as Giannis because Giannis is, you know, that explosive craziness. But, you know, Chris Paul settling in as a top 20 player at that point, uh, I think would be great. Would it be, be awesome for his market? Um, Devin Booker, I think, is is still a, a, a buy at this point with, you know, potential sales opportunities if they make a run, but I'd be interested in him long term. I'm actually more interested in talking the other side of the series because the Pelicans really have surprised. And, um, you know, this it, it really showed the value of the play-in game. So they were a 10 seed that made their way in, in here. Um, only won 34 regular season games, but CJ McCollum was only there for you know a little bit of that. And Brandon Ingram to me is a super super interesting prospect. Um, you know he is somebody that was also a number two overall pick. Got traded in the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, always had these Kevin Durant comparisons, and obviously he's not Kevin Durant, but what he is 
is a true top 20, top 25 guy that is coming out right now on the big stage. I mean, he's been excellent in this playoff series with guys like Mikael Bridges on him, who's, you know, one of the best defenders in the league. And his stuff has never really boomed. And like, to me, it's, it's another, it's another opportunity. Like he's showing he could do it on the big stage is silver. PSA 10 is only a pop of 186. It's valued at $700. Like to me, I'm so much more interested in taking shots on somebody like Ingram than I am on Poole and Maxi, who's like this wing, you know, that could be a true all-around player that is showing that he can not only be a true all-around player, but a winning player too. So yeah, I'm really excited about someone like Ingram uh, for, as a buying opportunity and especially coming out. And, and, you know, he showed me what I need to see in this series. So as an off-season buy, he's somebody that I'm looking at. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's had a great series, right? Like the, the numbers have been there for him. He looks like he could be, you know, a top scorer on this team. And when he brings Zion back into the fold, uh, it's going to make a Pelicans a pretty interesting, uh, interesting squad here with Brandon, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and, and the other pieces that they have in place around them. Uh, went 28, six and five this yeah, series been, already. It's crazy. That's it. That's good numbers for uh, against this defensively sound Suns yeah. team. Yeah. He's been really, really good. Um, you know, Warriors side, Warriors took care of business. They beat the Nuggets in five last night. Uh, not surprising. Jokic, we should talk about him quickly. Going to probably win MVP again. Uh, you know, I'm still all the way in on all Jokic cards. Like, I've done my buying, you know, two, two, three years ago at this point. So I'm probably not, you know, diving too far back in. But I check out when there's dips there. And I'm always interested because I am that much of a believer in the talent. You know, Draymond Green sung his praises last night. The MVP was well-deserved. The roster stinks besides him. He's you know, a very deserving two-time MVP winner, assuming he's going to get it. So love Jokic. Um, I think checking out Jamal Murray stuff in the offseason might make some sense as well. Like, let's get that Jamal Murray, Michael Porter back and healthy. Let's see what that Nuggets team can do. Um, but the other side, I mean, this Warriors team is, is poised for a run now. Um, you know, let's see. You know, they have this new crazy death lineup uh, with Jordan Poole involved. I'm interested in Poole. I'm interested in Draymond. I'm interested in Clay. And I'm interested in Steph. Like, I, I want to see this. I want to see this Warriors Sun series. And I want to see this new, you know, iteration of the Warriors possibly make a run here. And I think all four of those guys will see boosts. Um, you know, Steph's waters, Steph's like the only guy like LeBron. We're, we're really not swimming in those Steph waters, most of us. Uh, right. It's, it's, they're super high. Um, they're not going down. The pops are low from his year for everything. National Treasures, uh, Top Scrum, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, but interested in Clay. I think Clay, Clay's 2012 prism to me remains undervalued. Um, I have one that I'm actually sending into PSA today. I, I have a package I'm going to go drop off uh, that I put in. I got in some of these economy events. And they have that at a $340 card and a pop of 800 still in that 2012 class. Like, yeah, I think that's a $500 card that's at 340 right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think these guys are undervalued, all four of them. Uh, I mean, not pool. Pool's in the pool's pool. Pool, you know, we've, we've, done our, <laughs> we've done our talk on pool. But I think Clay and Draymond uh, are undervalued future Hall of Famers right now. This is going to be the series, right? Like it's going to be Warriors Suns. That's going to be the viewing event of the NBA playoffs until we get to, you know, get to finals time. That's going to kind of be the the one, right? If, as long as it happens. I mean, you know, it looks like the Warriors um, will be playing the Mavericks, I guess, if the Mavericks can get by the yeah. Jazz. Um, so that'll be a really interesting series. Uh, I do think Suns. Uh, I'm sorry. The Warriors are playing the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, if they get it. And the Mavericks oh, wow. are playing okay. the Suns, yeah. so, which will be a lot of fun. I mean, or Grizzlies Wolves. So Grizzlies are up 3-2 on that in that series um well i think we'll wait for next week we'll talk about the fallout of that series we, we spoke a little we've spoken so much about jaw at this point and we spoke about Edwards yeah. a little bit last week uh you know i think that series can still go either way i expect memphis to get through but memphis golden state would be a lot of fun and then uh yeah assuming both those teams can take care of business which i think they'd be heavily favored too uh uh you know phoenix against dallas and uh you know golden state against memphis or, or minnesota um you know i think that yeah, that would be the series in the West Conference Finals. That would be the one everyone would be looking at. Yeah. 
So the, the, the two that are probably still most up in the air at this point are the Wolves versus Grizzlies series, which we'll, we'll table that discussion because uh, we talked a lot of jaw already. We'll table that discussion for next week. Um, but do want to get some takes on Luca? I feel like we haven't talked about Luca, uh, you know, hardly at all. Yeah. Uh, there's been some injury stuff, but it looks like that they might be able to take care of the jazz in the first round. What are we feeling? How do we feel about Luca and some of the pieces on the other side in Utah? Yeah, Luca missed the first uh, what three or four games of the series, um, and you know the Mavs were able to tread water due to Jalen Brunson, who's uh, also been an interesting buy for me um, over the last couple of months. I, I've been scooping up a lot of his raw stuff in bulk, and I've, I'm happy that I've been doing that. Um, but you know, Luca is similar to Trey, where the pops are so high on that stuff. But the difference with Luca is, um, well, first of all, ceiling and floor combo is, is completely different on someone like Luca. But now he's back, and he is doing exactly what we've seen Luca do every time he's been in the playoffs so far, which is just take another step up and the guy's got the eye of the tiger man he's got he is he is that competitive and is is that freaking good that uh i think every time he's in the playoffs like you have to worry about an upset in the series and we saw him do it to the clippers a couple years ago uh i would not be surprised to see him give the suns a run i expect them to take care of business against utah and finish out the series because they're up three two now um you know this utah team is is falling apart at the seams like they they're they're done um you know we'll talk about what they look like in the offseason uh, as well but luca you know, I what I don't expect him to get past the Suns, but what I can expect is that you know base prism that used to be a thousand dollar card that settled in at a four hundred dollar card at eighteen thousand pop would would not be surprised to see him take a little bit of a hike. Uh, you know, if they get to the next series and he continues to put up 35, 40 points a game. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on Luca stuff. I think it's really interesting, and I think a lot of people listening to this uh, probably do have a lot of Luca and Trey. So if you're looking to get off some of that, um, I think you have a nice little two week period here uh, as he gives the Suns a test uh, to to do that. Another guy that we've talked a lot about that's an intriguing hobby name has had some valleys and some peaks. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, if they're going to get bounced, what what does Donovan Mitchell's offseason and future with the Jazz look like? I mean, this this is a guy that could probably benefit from a change of scenery or at least a change in, in shaking things up in Utah with the Rudy Gobert dynamic. It seems like that that team has just kind of run its course and it, it definitely has a, a capped ceiling to it. How do you feel about Donovan Mitchell heading into what we presume to be their offseason after Dallas takes care of business? Yeah, one of my few losses uh, so far this season. I remember I, we spoke about a month and a half ago when I bought in at the $600 range. It's down to almost 510 on his silver right now, um, which makes sense. I mean, I, I, you know, this Jazz team has really struggled. Uh, I, invest, I, I did uh, view that as an undervalued card. So obviously, I still view it as an undervalued card. I think um, anything 2007 and earlier for guys like Mitchell and Tatum. Um, when you see them get real dips, it's not the same as 2018, 2019. Uh, yeah, the pops are are high, but not uh, not so high where uh, it can't hold the floor of value. So I believe in Mitchell's talent long term. I've been a little discouraged to see what I've seen. And I, I don't know if it's just what you said, like this team needs a shake up. Maybe he needs a shake up. Um, but he has not been the same guy he was uh, when he was going toe to toe with Jamal Murray uh, in the playoffs. You know, that series, uh, what was it, two, two years ago or whatever it was. So, um I, I'm just I'm, I'm a little bit discouraged in the sense that he's kind of shown no no willingness to care on defense at all. That's always a red flag. Um, you know, kind of trying to play hero ball, being a little inefficient. And we've seen him be better than this. So I, I know he is better than this. And I don't know if we just need to put this season in the rear view. Um, but, you know, it's been a little discouraging in that fact. I would still be interested in, in buying Donovan Mitchell's silver PSA 10 prisms this offseason, especially if they dip into the $400 range. I think that's really a nice target for that card. Uh, I'm curious to see where he goes. I know the Knicks are... Um, you know, murmurs for him. I'd, my guess is he stays in Utah and they get rid of Gobert uh, or Quinn Snyder or, you know, there's some sort of shakeup in that sense. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him be the next quote 
quote-unquote disgruntled star that forces his way out. And I think that could be an interesting shakeup for his market. So keep an eye on Donnie Mitch, man. It's, it's, um, I was hoping for more from him right now at this point. would like to see him kind of to bounce back strong next year. Looking at the schedule for tonight, as we mentioned, we're recording Thursday draft day. Is it possible that all of these, I guess there's one game tomorrow. It's possible that three of these four series wrap up tonight with uh, Sixers, Raptors, Suns, Pelicans, and Mavs, Jazz, right? So we got all potential closeout games for. Yeah. I mean, all three of them can end tonight. Yeah. 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 And then so. uh, tomorrow, the big one, the big one that we'll discuss not next week, but in two weeks, we'll kind of see the fallout of, you know, what happens in this Grizzlies Timberwolves series. It's probably been the most exciting. Uh, I'm not a fan of Patrick Beverly. So anytime that John Morant can uh, put up 13 straight and kind of shut him up a little bit after a little bit of trash yeah. talking is, is good for me. So I, I hope that they close things out. I would love to talk about jaw in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm, uh, regardless, I'm obviously rooting for jaw for my pockets. Um, of course. You know, yeah. So it's, it's not even a question at this point. And, and then you shout out to Mike Gallagher has a lot of money on the Wolves uh, series price that he got when, you know, preseason and or uh, pre, pre-series and the Wolves have been great. They put up fights, but yeah, I mean, Ja put the team on his back in game five. I expect uh, game six in Minnesota to be a real battle, but at the very least we got game seven in Memphis. So yeah, keep an eye, have fun, watch those games. They're going to be fun. All right. No show next week. Gary's going to be getting wasted going to uh, boots on the ground, F1 races, bachelor party. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait to, to hear the fallout of that and get, uh, you know, a true in-person uh, recap of winning formula with Gary Hartman. So we'll be, be back fun. in two weeks, back with some football action. We'll be talking F1. We'll also be talking uh, more, more NBA playoff fallout, but uh, you know, subscribe wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this show, make sure you do subscribe. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like uh, comment, whatever you can to help interact, help grow the show a little bit. Uh, we really appreciate that. But for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care, everybody.